0: hello everyone and welcome back to grumpy poodle talks um as always i'm the podcast host abby and this week i have the lovely amelia with me to talk about sustainable fashion uh so amelia did you want to tell everybody like a little bit about yourself
1: yeah so um hi everyone for starters um i finished uni last year me and abby actually did the same course we did fashion promotion um, and it was probably one of the worst times to graduate with COVID and everything. Uh, my final major project got cancelled, and I've been struggling to find a job, but trying to keep myself busy at the same time. So it's been difficult, but we're still here. We're still going, so it's okay. Yeah,
0: a contributor for AISPI, is that right?
1: Yeah so it's I Spy. Um It's wow. a European, it's like a fashion curation website and I actually uh, got in touch with them when I was at London Fashion Week in 2019. It was really bizarre. I met a girl that lives literally round the corner from me in Southampton. We just bumped into each other and she gave me the business card and I approached them and just said like I'm looking to do some writing, is there anything you've got for me? So eventually I became a guest contributor for their blog so I do little articles now and then for them, probably like one a week and it's based on fashion or travel and fashion which is a little bit difficult at the moment, I'm kind of going back through my archives to see what I've got (laughs) but it's really exciting, it keeps me busy, I quite like it. I think it's kind of a bit of creative expression if that makes sense because I'm not really doing anything like uni anymore I'm not doing anything exciting like that so it's definitely good it gives me like a mini project and it's nothing too intense so it's definitely a good thing to do
0: that's one of the things I'm worried about um because I was saying to Chelsea um last week that um Mm -hmm when I finish uni, obviously it's going to be, I'm going to be applying for jobs. And so I'm just taking as many book recommendations as possible. So then I'll have something yeah. to put my mind to, because I want 't feel like it's not going to be good.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's probably the worst time to be looking for jobs. And yeah. that's how I'm feeling right now, because I need a job and I, I don't know what to do, but that's another story. <laughs> okay. So
0: the first question that I wanted to ask you is, what happens when we don't buy fast fashion like can you explain to people that don't really understand
1: yeah so this idea kind of came to me i was thinking about recently i've kind of decided not to buy fast fashion anymore just for obvious reasons which if you if you follow fashion i'm sure you're aware like garment workers don't get paid it's very unsustainable there's lots of environmental issues linked to fa- fast fashion and although It's good to help keep you on trend and everything like that. It's just not great for the planet and for the people involved. But then I was thinking, if you completely boycott fast fashion, where does that leave the workers? Um, I came across a really interesting fact. So actually, 4% of the garment price goes back to the worker. And I just think that's 4% 4%. and when you think about Boohoo and stuff like that, they charge £8 for a dress. And then if you think 4% of that goes back to the workers, I'm not sure if that's just the actual people that put together the garment, or if that includes like the cotton producers, the manufacturers, everything. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but 4% regardless is such a low number. And it was just making me think like, if that's all they get, then what happens when we boycott fashion and no one's buying it anymore, then what happens? So I think yeah, it's quite, it's point. an interesting topic.
0: Because I'm, I I've touched briefly on this in one of my posts. Because, like I said last week, and I'm very open to fact uh, about the fact that I I've shopped in fast fashion before. Like for people that aren't rich, and for people that ha- are perhaps working class or lower working class or lower middle class, fast fashion yep. is one of the easiest ways that people can afford clothes. Um, and so I've said before that, um industry the industry needs to change and like there needs to be standards that are set so that people don't have such a massive impact on the planet just for buying clothes and they can afford like poor people also deserve good quality nice looking clothes just because they're rich doesn't deserve them but that's a really fair point about the garment workers because I on my story I've said that I just watched Greed have you watched Greed?
1: I don't think so no I haven't heard of that one
0: oh it's so good so it came out last year and it because obviously nobody was in cinemas like nobody's really heard yeah. of it but um it okay. has like Steve Coogan Isla Fisher and it's amazing and it's a satirical comedy but it's based loosely on uh, Philip Green who used to own Topshop yeah. um, and they highlight how mistreated garment workers are and I like it really stuck with me because it shows so many statistics and it highlighted it really well and your point like it it makes so much sense because we want these people to be treated right but what what are we going to do if they like if we don't buy from them anymore how are we going to treat them right
1: exactly and I think this is the thing because they are literally treated so badly not just by the companies that supply the, the clothing or anything like that but by their bosses, by their co-workers. Yeah. Um, also another fact I saw, it says that over one third of countries have no laws prohibiting sexual harassment in the workplace. So oh over one God. third of countries, and that that is a lot. And it just makes you really think like, if we're not supporting them and giving them money, then what's gonna happen? It's gonna get even worse. But at the same time, you're right, it's not, it shouldn't be down to us as consumers to think that way and we shouldn't have to stop buying things that we enjoy just because it's hurting people I know that sounds kind of um, unfair but I I think it should be down to the companies and we should be advocating for change we shouldn't have to boycott and like people that can't afford it they shouldn't have to feel guilty about stuff like that
0: Exactly, you're one hundred percent right. I don't think it's selfish at all. If you can only afford a certain type of clothing because of the economic position that you're in, because of that industry, mm-hmm. you shouldn't it, like it. Shouldn't have such a big impact on the planet, and especially because yeah. there will be people that don't have as much money that genuinely care about climate change, but because of their wages, they can't afford to get the good quality sustainable stuff so it's all linked up together isn't it it's about wages it's about how expensive sustainable fashion is it's it's just a toxic cycle really
1: it really is and I think it covers so many other topics as well like I don't know if you've seen the Seaspiracy documentary have you you've probably seen it online I don't know if you've watched it
0: by like two different people so I this is the third person so I
1: probably need to watch it <laughs> I, I only got round to watching it today but I was half expecting what I saw but it's the same kind of thing linked to plastic and linked to how it's in everything and it's in the oceans it's getting into the fish if we eat the fish it's getting into our bloodstream and everything like that um also saying that sustainable fishing can never be properly sustainable because of the, it, I can't remember what they called it now, it was like bat catch or something like that. And like, whenever they catch fish, they also catch dolphins and sharks and stuff like that, saying that it can never be fully sustainable. And it just makes you realise like how much you need to do, but then also how much these companies need to do. Because all they said to us really was don't eat fish. And that's, yeah. you know, that's that's all we can do. It's, it's not really down to the consumers but I think consumers are made to feel so guilty saying yes, like there's best, all these yes. plastic free alternatives you don't use straws don't use plastic cutlery but at the end of the day there's only so much we can do it has to be down to the consumers uh, sorry exactly. the producers exactly. the overall um, yeah
0: yeah there was this tweet that I saw where it they were talking about like carbon emissions and stuff like that and they were like why are people not doing more about this why are they not changing this and someone else retweeted it and said why are the 100 companies that are responsible for the, mm-hmm. uh, the massive change and climate change why are they not doing something about it and i was like that's 100 yep. that's 100 percent." i'm really sick and tired of seeing massive conglomerates and industries pushing it down onto the working man and making yep. it all our fault where there was the ones that are overproducing and then it gets pushed on to mm. us because they make us
1: feel like we're the problem exactly it's so frustrating and especially not just like you said for for like poor people but for students for people trying yeah. to provide for their family for people moving to a new city new country it's so so difficult and it's often more convenient cheaper to buy these different alternatives and it's just so difficult at the moment and I, I don't really know what the solution is, to be perfectly honest. But like I said, I think we just need to advocate for change. I think that's all we can do. Demand better treatment for the workers, better quality clothing, more eco fabrics, that sort of thing. I think that's all we can do at this point.
0: Because um, I saw, bringing back to what you said about how there's like, was it one third of countries? Um, yeah. That don't have, so. I've completely forgotten her name which is terrible because I literally (laughs) just saw about her last night but I just posted I posted her on my story and this lady um, in India um, who was uh, oh I feel so bad that I've forgotten her name but she was a worker for H&M in the factories and she was sexually assaulted by her boss and then she was also killed by him as well Um, and it was like three months ago yesterday that she died but then h&m gave out this whole quote about that sustainability a sustainable fashion is something for everybody to access and it's about like and it was just like men are raping and killing the women and daily like daily harassing them that work in your factories and you're underpaying them to the point where it like they have no human rights basically and you have the audacity to post a comment uh, like a quote like that to me it, it's disgusting like it's everything that I'm completely against
1: and it is funny because you see like H&M they're the ones that always say oh we're sustainable we're doing oh. the best um, <laughs> and it's so frustrating because you know for a fact they're not give, they don't care about their workers they don't care about so many different things Maybe not quite HM. I think they're probably the best of a bad bunch. But in terms yeah. of Boohoo, I've seen even Boohoo, they have eco friendly collections. So the pretty little thing, and it's like a selection of 20 garments or something like that. And it's made from, quote, eco friendly fabrics. I don't know exactly what you that's got, made you from. A,
0: like, sister, um, what's it called? Fast fashion can never be sustainable. It, it <laughs> exactly. no matter what they do because the the way that it's produced in factories, is not sustainable. I'm just checking the Instagram post now, and I, Jay Suri, Jay Suri, I can't remember, I can't pronounce But she's from the Nat, Natchi Apparel Factory in India. And he said that they have to uh, workers. as I said, they have to make 1,000 items of clothing every day and that the pressure to meet wow. those targets was relentless and since her death or since her killing 25 women have made allegations of sexual assault harassment and verbal abuse um, by their superiors and male managers at the same factory it's,
1: it's appalling wow. so disgusting That's, it is disgusting and the worst thing is i haven't even heard about that and i follow like so many different accounts about things like this and i, I haven't even heard of it And it just makes you think how many other people it's happened to. And we haven't, we haven't even heard it.
0: Exactly. Because what about the women that are too scared to talk out because Mm -hmm. they don't want to live their lives or they have to keep working so that they can feed their family. It's 2021. These conditions shouldn't be acceptable anymore. And that like the people with power need to start making change because people like us have been saying this for years. They're like, we're aware it's disgusting and it's just, more and more people being hurt and there just needs to like change just need to be made. It really like it weighs on my mind massively. Yeah.
1: And it's baffling that it's still happening and I, I just can't understand why people are being treated like that.
0: It,
1: yeah. and also there was a thing it said um that in I think it was Manchester, people were getting paid less than the minimum wage in a garment factory. Yes. Was it boohoo? I think it was Boohoo and you think it doesn't happen in England but it does and did you see the documentary I think it was it misguided yeah yeah misguided (laughs) that's another topic but he was so obviously it was run by a male manager he started it he was the CEO he had all this money he was splashing his cash he was hiring like I think it was a Bentley for their like advertising campaign and then they're not paying their garment workers and it's like how how can you justify this
0: it's it's disgusting because I had I had another topic because this this might be a bit controversial because I don't get me wrong I love Beyonce (laughs) Beyonce is amazing but with Ivy Park and when that was involved with Topshop like was the irony that at the time it was like who runs the world but then the girls who were making her garments had their children were being paid 10p an hour or something like that and like it's not it's not Beyonce's fault in any way yeah. because it's her line it makes it associated with her and, and like I exactly. haven't done enough research. I'm so I'm like sure she's like donated made it work I know she withdrew Ivy Park from Topshop but as far as I'm aware that was because of Philip Green's sexual assault allegations and uh. not because of the factory workers and so it's it's just like where where does the ethics start with these big celebrities that do these collaborations is the ethics where's the line like what's that about
1: yeah and it it's funny as well because it's always these influencers that they do massive hauls like Sheehan hauls and stuff like that and they're trying to encourage it saying like oh I got this top for four pound from Sheehan and it's like, do you actually know what goes in, like, what yeah. goes on behind closed doors? Do you actually have any idea? And it's so funny that people are still promoting it. And I just don't understand it. It's very confusing.
0: I think if you have the money to afford good and sustainable clothing, you should be spending mm-hmm. it. I can't tell anybody how to spend their money, but just for the sake of the planet, for the sake of yourself, for the sake of the garment workers, like there's, there's not enough... Um, it doesn't weigh enough on people's minds for me. I want people to, like, I don't want people to feel bad, but I want yeah. people's ethics to raise a little bit, because this isn't fair. Like, yeah. okay, I think am going to leave us on from this topic. Sorry, I,
1: I could go on all day.
0: <laughs> like, I feel like we'll talk about it forever and we have many Definitely different
1: think. things.
0: Uh, second question, moving on swiftly, what can you tell us about the fashion
1: transparency index? Okay, so it's Um, By Fashion Revolution, we, well, I first heard about Fashion Revolution at university, but it was an initiative that started, I think it was after the Rana Plaza collapse. So if anyone doesn't know, um, it was a factory in Bangladesh and it was reported for having numerous safety violations. Like, I think it was like live wires, too many um, garment workers packed into a small space, loads and loads of different things. And the factory eventually collapsed. And there was like, was it four or five floors of factory workers? And it all collapsed and thousands of people were killed. Oh, yeah, sorry, I've got it written down. Five garment factories operating within one building. And the fashion brands just didn't know if they were supplying their garments from that factory. They didn't know because they just choose whoever's the cheapest. So they literally had to dig through the rubble to try and find which brands were linked to the factory and it's it's horrible and literally thousands of people died Uh, 1138 workers were killed and more were injured Um, and i think that's what sparked fashion revolution and the hashtag who made my clothes so then since then they've been doing a transparency index where they analyze different brands and how transparent they are within different sectors so it goes, yes, yeah, 250 brands that they've got currently and it goes through like their website, so their policies, their traceability and how they resolve issues. Oh, wow. So it, it's a really interesting resource actually. Um, it lists yeah. all sorts of brands like H&M, Boohoo, Primark, Adidas, Nike, and Outfit. Is, like basically every, every fashion brand. MS is on there, NET. Basically, everything, different sectors. And it gives you an overall percentage of how well they're doing. So, I think out of the 250 brands, the overall average score was 23%. So, that's in terms of all the different factors. So, like traceability covers the manufacturers, the raw material suppliers, stuff like that, and their policies socially and environmentally, that sort of thing. So, it kind of overall covers everything and 23% was the overall score so that's how how transparent all the brands are basically and it's, wow. I find that quite shocking
0: <laughs> I think that's really good because um, I mean if you're interested in fashion you know that brands they are they're not very transparent because lots of them mm-hmm. have got a lot to hide so I think that's a very yep. good resource it,
1: it really is and it breaks it down for each of the brands you can see where all 250 scored and what their overall percentage was so I think the top scorer was H&M and it was only like 79% so there's still 20% of issues that they aren't covering and this is what I find interesting they claim to be sustainable and environmentally friendly and yeah. support their workers but there's still 20% of things that they're not covering and the pub It's um it's like a report you can download it on fashion revolution and they outline all the things that these companies should say and that which they haven't said and yeah it's it is very interesting and it's it is shocking
0: i think um i'll put a link to it on the podcast page so people can have a i'll take screenshot because i had a very brief look at it before the chat and like this this just explained it a lot more i think this is uh this would definitely be very useful for uni students and when yeah. they're talking about sustainability or just production in general. But also, like, it's like you said, there's that 20%. Mm. And for companies that are less than 50%, like, visible, what what is happening? And that's what
1: worries mm-hmm. me. Exactly. And, yeah, it, it's, it's shocking. And what they were saying in the report, because it, it's a pretty hefty report, it goes into quite a lot of detail, but, they were basically saying that brands were publishing more about their policies than how they've actually implemented them. And it was kind of a bit of an information data dump. And they were wondering if that's a deliberate strategy because they were using like filler words and yeah. fluffy explanations and they were obscuring the details. So it's quite, it's interesting to see. And then if you go and look at a website, a fashion website and try and find all these different policies, they are very hard to find. I've tried to find them for different projects and sometimes their policies are just non-existent. And I just don't understand why you would do that and why you wouldn't address situations like that.
0: It's because they're shady. It's because they're shady. Mm -hmm. They don't want to bring themselves up to human rights level standards they should be at. so They're just going to keep hiding things. Yeah, oh, it makes me very very. The, the more laws and policies need to be in place because we need to make sure that people are being protected and paid correctly and not being sexually harassed or killed. Like we need, yep. we need to know. And oh, I feel like I can talk about this for hours.
1: <laughs> I know, me too. It makes me so angry. It was, it was interesting as well. You see, right at the bottom of the scale, um, brands like Fashion Nova and Tom Ford, which I was surprised with, they were zero percent. Zero I'm to five percent.
0: Fashion Nova doesn't surprise me because no. it's, I think it's one of the biggest fast fashion brands in America. Um,
1: yeah,
0: but I mean, even uh, internationally, because lots of people buy. But Tom Ford does surprise mm-hmm. me because yeah. surely for a luxury brand, there's sp- but like because luxury bla- uh, brands we know especially when it comes to trends, they all look at each other and they follow each other and what they're doing. So why yeah. are they not taking inspiration from everybody else? That's very worrying.
1: Yeah, and Max Mara was zero percent, and I mean, Boohoo was, and Pretty Little Thing were nine percent, whereas Doctor Martin's as well. I was quite surprised; was quite really? low. It was only like eleven percent. Fila, Michael Kors, it was, it wow. was shocking. Most brands were between eleven and thirty, and that, that was it. Oh,
0: this, is, this is the conversations that need to be had because that's very, very shady. Because exactly. We always think because of the um, things that are put through our phones and advertisements and stuff like that. We always think that fast fashion is the problem, but luxury brands are just as bad. They they are yeah. just bad. It's just that they get paid a tiny bit more, and even then, like oh, that I am genuinely very surprised by Dr. Martens because yeah, they're, like they have the vegan line
1: exactly but that's the thing you wonder why they're charging so much for something yeah. when they're not even abiding by well to be honest it's human rights it's, it should be law yes. it should be the law and I don't know why brands like that when they advocate for yeah vegan footwear why they wouldn't think of people's lives and oh it 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 is baffling I just don't understand it
0: it's a hypocrisy isn't it is that we care about the environment and we care about what goes on your
1: feet but not Mm -hmm. the people who make it like yeah what what, what about and that's the thing and how do you then know who to support and who to follow and which brands to buy from and that's why I'm trying to just buy second hand although then you've got the whole overconsumption. You don't want to buy too much. You don't want to take away from people that can only afford charity yeah, shops.
0: Absolutely, this is what Chelsea and I said last week. You're, you're bringing it right yeah. back
1: around. <laughs> it's such a difficult conversation. It's so hard. And I, I really do think the key is just don't overconsume whatever you do. I try to, if I'm buying something from Depop or something, I try to get rid of one of my clo- items of clothing by selling it on or swapping it you know trying to keep it moving keep it circular
0: yeah
1: rather than buying new although I would like to sometimes I just don't want to buy into these sort of companies that are just not not there for the people that need them
0: yeah but this is this is what we're saying is that it needs to be more transparent because like people there are hygiene things about buying second-hand shoes if they're not properly cleaned and things like that and you shouldn't feel guilty for buying new shoes it should the industry is the one that needs to be in quotation marks ticking boxes to make i don't i don't want any boxes ticked or anything like that but they need to make sure that they're holding like they're held to a certain standard because we shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to feel bad for having decent quality shoes
1: exactly it's such a difficult topic to even begin to unpick but i think the way forward is probably just addressing these brands head on like I I don't even think they will reply because they don't have time for it and at the end of the day they just want cheap cheap clothes they don't care how they get it that's what they want yeah so I don't know how we can do it I think we we all need to realize and I think the problem is the people that aren't knowledgeable in the fashion industry like people at school you know younger people that don't know older people that are very stuck in their ways they're the ones that could make the difference and we all need to come together and educate each other but don't know how easy that is yeah. that's the problem
0: and this, is, this is the thing it shouldn't be on our shoulders it's like we said yeah. earlier it, it's their responsibility they shouldn't be blaming consumers for consuming the things that they put forward it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be our fault just because we are trying to get basic clothing
1: like yeah
0: while we're on the topic um consumer rights when it comes to garment workers and fast fashion is a feminist issue it's also a race issue because the majority of garment workers are women of color and like I, I I that needs to be highlighted more because there's so many different levels to it there's a human right level to it Then there's the feminism level uh, to it. Then there's the racism level to it. There's so much that needs to be highlighted. And because they're not being visible, we we can't do anything.
1: Exactly. And I think this is where we need to, I don't know if it should be down to us, but I think we can try and make a change if we try and talk to these brands and say, confront them and say, what are you doing to address this? (laughs) Rather than, you know, posting a black square on your profile in the middle of, all the protests that were going on. What's that really going to do? Yeah, if you're if, not right, if you showing solidarity, posted, if you only posted the black
0: square and then post and then have done nothing else, it didn't count. That wasn't solidarity. Exactly. You were a sheep like that. that you have your allyship because you can never you can never label yourself as an ally because that's something that I had to learn. But your allyship yeah. has constant,
1: constant. Did you even, did you see there was influencers that staged that they were at the protests as well? No, I can't remember who it was but they dressed up for a protest and made signs and I think they were in New York and they just showed up and she was like she put her leg on a car she was like standing on the car with her sign and then she just walked uh, off what what
0: was her name was it I can't remember it It might be Madison Beer or
1: Uh, yeah I think it could have been one of
0: these people that shouldn't be famous like
1: Mm, yeah basically
0: (laughs) but it's just like my it makes me so angry it. he also just mentioned ally fatigue and that is something that riles me up but like yeah ally, ally fatigue is one of the dumbest things that white people have ever said and that's <laughs> white people that we're talking about like ally fatigue is not a thing i understand that these things are traumatizing for people it can be very hard especially if you have people of color in your life that are very important to you or they're just mm-hmm. friends or they're teachers or that, you know, I understand that it can be hard. But as white people, we have white privilege. And that means yeah. that our fatigue is not a thing. Like,
1: I know it's it's so funny, isn't it? And people just always try and jump on the bandwagon like it's a trend. Yeah. And it's like, what are you actually doing? <laughs> and it's kind of it's the same thing with sustainability and all these brands. They're all just jumping on board. And pretending like they care, and exactly. you know, in a couple years, they're just going to be exactly the same. So what's the point?
0: Exactly, because there's space for people to learn. And no- nobody was mm-hmm. born woke. I 100 percent understand that there were things that I needed to learn because I grew up in a very white area, and there were things yeah. that I needed to learn. But I feel like there's a standard that go, I'm going to keep saying standards because there are so people uh, spe- uh, specifically people of color and women we've been saying for years that things need to change and nothing's changing and like these are just there are so many things and it's all interlinked and it's just because it's full like it's fallen on us day-to-day people that we yeah. can't change anything
1: you're so right and i i read a book i can't remember what it's called it's oh everyday sexism Right. I don't know if you've read it it's very interesting it's very upsetting but it's things like this and there's a whole section on people of colour and women and chil- you know children unfortunately but I've read so many instances where similar things have happened to me or someone I know and if you ever say it to somebody else they're like oh no it hasn't happened to you don't be oh, stupid oh
0: my god the <laughs> empathy it rises me yes. up like I'm, I'm, oh, I am oh,
1: oh, okay. I know that that's another topic, but yeah, it is so frustrating right because
0: I'll go on a whole anti-male run, and there are and there are good <laughs> out there. I can't I can't yeah. hate a single man. I know there are good men. Like there has to be yeah. good men, or I'm just going to
1: lose faith. It's not all men. Remember, <laughs> so, don't, don't, men. Don't not to, no, men. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not going to joke about that. <laughs> oh, it's so okay. frustrating, but that is another topic. I just want to say one more thing before this. So for any brands that you want to buy and you want to know how sustainable they are there is an app called good on you um okay. I think it's actually funded by Emma Watson and okay. you can type in a brand and it rates it on how sustainable it is so you can literally type oh, in yeah. outfit and it says like not good enough or getting better and it's really handy to know so before we go on a whole angry yeah. rant about <laughs> everything else that's definitely something that's good <laughs> No, Good to know.
0: It's because it's, like I've said, it's so interlinked. There are so many yeah. problems and everything's interlinked. But it's like you said, it's not our responsibility to make the massive change. But it is like that phrase that I think I might have said in the podcast before, but it's your responsibility to be better than the toxic environment that you grew up in.
1: Like, yeah, that's so true. You have to
0: ethically become better. Um, If you've watched The Good Place, like, that's just a whole yeah. different thing because that, that's that's the kind of conversation that needs to be had but yes 100% so that was the good on you good on you app
1: yeah good on you I think 100%. mostly we just we just need to be aware I think Absolutely. that's all we can do and can just be conscious we
0: can we can share everything that we can we can attend protests if we can if we're safe if you're willing to yeah. put yourself out there then there's all these different things that we can do okay yeah so, moving on <laughs> to the third and final question before we rant for another two hours, um, <laughs> how have your job aspects changed since COVID?
1: That I find that a really difficult subject. So, basically, when I left uni, um, I so for my final major project, I was arranging the fashion show for our university, and it was something that I was very excited about and we put so much work into it, me and one of my classmates, we put so much work in. And because of COVID, it got cancelled. And before that, I kind of wanted to go into event planning and, you know, London Fashion Week, doing all the events, going abroad, doing all this sort of thing. And that was what I saw myself doing. Um, And then after that, I thought it's not really going to be around for the time being. So what else do I want to do? And I think it was a very difficult conversation in a way that I had to have with myself and think what did I want to do yeah. and the more I that because I had time off uni so all I was doing was consuming information and I think the more I read about sustainability the more I wanted to do something linked to that um, and yeah. I don't know what sort of job it would be because unfortunately there's not a lot of jobs linked to sustainability but I'd like to think whatever I end up in, I can bring an essence of that to the company that I work with. But it's made me for sure not want to go into fast fashion or anything like that. Yeah. Whereas before, it wouldn't have been an issue. I wouldn't have cared. But now I, I do not want to go into any brand like that, basically.
0: Yeah, I, I feel 100% the same. It's because we didn't have enough knowledge of the damage that they do. But now we know
1: yeah.
0: like, it just doesn't sit right with you anymore.
1: Exactly. And I feel like I wouldn't be true to myself if I joined a company like Pretty Little Thing or Misguided. I know they've got so many jobs available and I keep seeing people on LinkedIn like, oh, I got a job here at Misguided or, you know, boohoo. But as much as I probably could, well, I might be able to get a job there. I, I really don't want to. I want to stay true to myself. And I think it's hard at the moment because there's just not a lot of jobs out there especially yeah. with people being made redundant and you know all these things going on in the world it's it's hard to fight your way through but just trying to stay positive trying to improve on myself trying to do online courses which is where I learned about um, the sustainable development goals so that's where I got some of my facts from earlier from it was very interesting and to do webinars and stuff like that just trying to keep busy and improve myself and then hopefully hopefully I can get um a job in the end yeah basically
0: I'm sure you will because even you said that um you want to bring that essence of sustainability that can be when they say what can you bring to us you can share your passion about sustainable fashion oh that rhymed
1: yeah I (laughs) I like that I hope so (laughs) that's what we should call the title Um, I hope so I hope so that's what I want to do and I think to be honest I don't think I'll be happy until I'm able to do something like that yeah because it's so it's so important to me
0: this is a conversation I've had with my mum because my mum to consider like a graduate job like Amber said in the first episode she stopped looking at fashion marketing and looked at marketing in general and I so desperately want to work in sustainable fashion it's the future of the industry it's the only ethical way forward when you're practicing real sustainable fashion and not performative and it's the only thing that if I go home at night it's the only thing that will um help me sleep if I'm working in a fast fashion brand it will genuinely keep me awake so I 100% agree
1: yeah you're so right and I think also I've I've even looked at Um, Yeah, like you said, looking at just normal PR companies, because I'd like to do something in PR. So normal PR companies, not related to fashion, but related to things that I love, like writing or books or, you know, even film maybe, but just looking for that sort of niche that I can go into and try and help people realise. I mean, even if you end up in fast fashion, that's not an issue, as long as you try and advocate for what you believe in, like equality even you know, just try and bring your values to the company, even if they don't quite align with you, because it is a hard time at the moment with COVID and jobs and everything. So we can't, in a way, we can't be too picky because there's just not a lot out there. But I think whatever we do, whatever we fall into, we just have to put a positive spin on it and just make what we can of it, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a good enough person, if you're a strong enough person to work in fast fashion and still, like push sustainability because I'm not. I could I couldn't do it. It would anger (laughs) me so much. But if you're a strong enough person to do it and you're gonna make that change, make that change. Like those people will be the uh I want to say pillar heads of change because they will make or they will be the ones that fast fashion will have to start listening to. So if you're one of those strong people, because I'm I'm a strong person, I know I am, but I could not work for that company. So if you're that person go for it
1: just do it you go for it do it for us do it for us because we can't do it yeah we're too scared so do it for us please (laughs) I think you're right though I think it would get so like heated I don't think I'd be able to do it either but I would love to
0: It's it's just because and it's not saying that the people that who are sustainable that go into fast fashion to change things it doesn't mean that they're in the wrong because they're going to change they're there to make change but if you're there's just not enough like ethics in practice in the industry when it comes to fast fashion there needs to be more and i need people to be awake at night like i don't want (laughs) to i'm not asking for people to be upset but i'm asking for change
1: yeah you're so right yeah definitely okay
0: so moving on to the final section of the podcast which is the GPT recommend section. Um, So this section for anybody who hasn't listened before is a hashtag that I've created for the podcast and it's for small and sustainable businesses and slash or businesses that you think deserve a shout out and some love. Um, If you comment or um, comment the hashtag or get them to use it in their caption, the GPT recommends hashtag, then I can see your recommendations as well and I can put them on the story. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say free, Amelia will say free and then I'll put them on the GPT recommend story after. So Amelia did you want to say you're free?
1: Yeah so mine aren't as such businesses but they're, they are accounts that I've seen on Instagram that I really resonate with and I think they're really handy resources as well. They often recommend lots of different businesses which a few of them I think you've mentioned on your previous podcast so I won't yeah. I won't mention them but they're definitely good resources to have a look at so the first one um is sustainable fashion alternative that's the whole account name yeah and um, they share loads of independent brands um and it's different alternatives to follow the recent trends if that makes sense so they post like I don't want to say aesthetic I hate that word but aesthetic <laughs> looks um yeah. and how you can get the look with by being sustainable um and they have different categories they have accessories categories swimwear bedding and i think it, it's good things that you've never really thought of like i never thought of bedding not being sustainable it's definitely a good account and it's slowly growing in popularity but i, I really like it i think i've found a lot of things that i haven't known about before um nice. the other one is lib so i think i think her name's libby and she works for clean sailors so it's like a plastic uh ocean related company she does all the scientific bits about i'm i'm not a scientific person so i don't know the lingo but sciencey things to do with plastic in the ocean and it's really interesting she educates people about how much plastic she's found in i can't remember what it is in like a a sample of water and stuff like that. And they extract all the plastic. And I've seen quite a few things that she's done and it's very interesting. Again, links to Seaspiracy, I'll give it another shout out because it's such a good documentary. Um, And she also posts about different eco alternatives and things like that. And very interesting. Um, And the last one's Venetia Lumana, I think her name is. Um, She posts loads of resources It's very informative of brands and how things that they're doing wrong. She likes to call out brands. So the most recent posts are how H&M aren't really that conscious and how your feminism, um, in quotes, is performative. And it's very interesting. Definitely worth a read.
0: Oh, that's, that's yeah, because intersectional feminism and white feminism are very, very different things. Very different things.
1: And I like that she always links actual resources as well, like scientific resources or surveys, and it's, it's really good. She's got good content on there. That's
0: good. I think that's the things that we need because, I mean, I disagree with how feminism is viewed. I, I disagree with the way that it's viewed negatively, but it is mm-hmm. viewed negatively and people have the wrong assumptions about it. But that's because of things that men have said, but I'm not getting into that um that <laughs> feminism it like intersectional feminism absolutely is about giving everybody a space at the table and giving the right uh, information for that like you said websites and resources that's a very
1: good thing yeah yeah and definitely it's it's a good platform to educate people on and I think even if we just share what she's saying it just brings to light these issues to like I don't want to say normal people but you know general people that would follow my normal account and just not really care about issues like yep. that and that's why I tried to share it to my people that follow me that don't really care and try and bring it to light just to help even in a small way to be honest. See, Look at you raising awareness. I'm trying it's so hard <laughs> but I want to help.
0: <laughs> but even if, like I remember there was a post uh, during the Black Lives Matter protests um, where kids I think there was a general feeling that people who had small accounts, without going off into a whole other rant, but I'm just gonna take it quickly, but like <laughs> people who were getting frustrated because the people in their lives who were viewing their stories weren't interacting and weren't trying to make change. And even if like, I would get, it depended on what I posted, but generally I'd get like two or three insights and people would be saying like, where's this link? How can I find this, Etc. Even if you yeah. change, people's mind or help two people find a link or anything like that that's still two people that's that's it that's another two human beings that are helping towards your cause so you keep trying keep on doing it
1: <laughs> I love that yeah I think that's that's good to know yeah more people need to think like that because then that's yeah, where I, we make change isn't it
0: I get very frustrated because the people on my Instagram and they think I don't notice but I see I post things and then they never interact and then every and then uh, like horrendous things will happen that will cause protests and then they'll get involved and I'm like yeah I see you don't ever yeah. have a screen like I've clocked it yeah it's like how men kind of stayed silent uh, about women's rights at the moment it's like your silence is deafening we see it don't don't even think we don't Literally. see it I've every single one of you
1: or they post the black square and that's it I saw a lot that's of this, that and that really don't frustrated me
0: it's, it's, I hate it's, it's, oh, it's, Yeah,
1: but... <laughs> it really is.
0: <laughs> so, could you just say all three names again?
1: Yep. So it was sustainable fashion alternative, uh, Lib Dot sustainably, and Venetia Lamanna.
0: Okay, amazing. I and, <laughs> as I said, um, I'll put the pages up on Instagram so you can find them through the GPT recommends highlight. So then. My three recommendations. The first is one that is very, very close to my heart. Um, But my sister with autism, uh, she's an artist and she's not, she's not registered as a business, but she creates amazing artwork. The people in my life have seen the mosaics that she makes. Many of them have had cards um, and her work is amazing. Um, It's at Charlotte's Crafts. I run the page um, just because I, because i want to i want to help my sister but the work is amazing the page is at nearly 100 followers i think i need two more followers and then we're at 100 so just a massive shout out to that page because i'm so proud of my sister and everything that she does and the artwork is amazing like not even just as my sister she makes amazing mosaics which are like peacocks and lions and they're so beautiful so just that i've seen Charlotte the page
1: I saw it. It's so cute. I love it.
0: <laughs> it's so beautiful and like it's They're so, so colourful. And I think the colour, it's the joy that some people need at the moment. Like, it's just really nice. So it's You're just so a right. Fun. And
1: supporting small businesses as well.
0: And also supporting disabled artists, um, whether exactly. that be physical or mental or any kind of disability that they have. We always love to support those who need the support. So then my second recommendation and any um people that live in Sutton or have looked at the website um my second recommendation is Beatnik Emporium which is the local um vintage shop in Southampton or one of the local ones um and like I said it's vintage clothing there's retro clo- uh, clothing and quirky clothing as well they're mm-hmm. online so you can shop online or in store in Southampton um and they're just it's always been really nice when I go in there. I found a couple pieces in there. Um, not all of it is vintage. Like there are bits that are clearly just a bit quirky, but like they said, it is vintage and quirky. So like you just have to accept that's the way it is, but it's just a really nice place. It's a small business um, and they're just, they're just lovely. They've always been really nice when I'm in there. So that's Beatnik Emporium. And then the next one is um, APM-T. under um, and this is a made-to-order, like, 90s to noughties-inspired, like, mesh top so far. They're just really pretty. Um, like I said, they're made-to-order, um, and, yeah, I just really like the look of them. So, all three are Charlotte's Crafts, Beatnik Emporium, and APM Underdash P. Okay, so, how did you find that, Amelia?
1: I actually had a very good time I think it, it could have got heated a few times with our anger but I really enjoyed it I had a really good time thank you so much for having me
0: no thank you so much for coming on I, I think these are conversations <laughs> that need to be had I don't want people to be scared to get angry or scared to get sad like because the topics that make you feel like that they need to be had
1: mm-hmm we have every Absolutely. right to be angry and sad as well, Absolutely. I think.
0: Absolutely. Even just as human beings, but even as women, even at, like just with our friends and everything, we have the right to be mad about these things because this pressure gets put onto us. So you'd be mad, you'd be sad, you'd be however you get through the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. For sure.
0: So thank you so much for coming on, Amelia. Um, thank you to everybody. Thank you for so listening as always. And Like I said, I'll put all the details up on the story afterwards.